Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Second hour is here from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Coming up in hour number three today. Withrow, if it's not already chat up on Outkick, there will be a column up today. It's up. It's Great up. idea. It's up. We'll get Great into idea. the name, image, likeness, and Thank it's you. something that Chad teased with Park Lee. Um, uh, spoiler alert, he's already told you who number one is on the NIL column that he wrote about who could benefit the most if they go full investment. Uh, it's the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah, Clark Lee was your tease, in fact. That's, that's what it was. That's why I told him. And we will have that. Uh, we'll get into a discussion of this in his top five. That's coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes. Every Wednesday, or excuse me, every Tuesday at this time, uh, we chat with John McClain, of, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, but I, I can now say Texas Sports Hall of Famer. He's already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's now Texas Sports Hall of Famer John McClain after the induction this weekend. John, congratulations. Hope hey. all is well. Thank you very much, guys. It, uh, I think it was the greatest Greatest night of my life. It was in my hometown. There were eight of us. It's only the second class of media in the history of our state. And uh, I'm one of eight writers who's in that Hall of Fame. And and it was in my hometown. Everybody else was from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex except me. So I felt like I was carrying the banner for the rest of our state. And it was a monumental event. And uh, other than tripping over some stairs and almost taking a header, I think I pulled it off okay. Uh-oh. You didn't hurt your arm again, did you? No. I got to save my right arm now because I'm throwing out the first pitch of an Astros game next month. And right when my arm recovered from shooting a free throw for charity for the Rockets, now I've been throwing a baseball. It's sore all over again. But I'm determined not to bounce the ball. John, is, the, is there an athletic event that you won't participate in that's ceremonial? You, you, the free throw you mentioned, the, the first pitch now, if you had to take a slap shot at a local minor league game, would, would you do that He's as well? Is there something you say no to? Shoot a penalty shot for the I'm, Dynamo? I'm impressed that you're saying yes to all these things. Yeah, I haven't been on skates since the original Houston Arrows folded after the 1977 season. As I think if I fell, I wouldn't be able to get up. Maybe if the Texans asked me to kick an extra point and I could do it from the goal line, maybe I could make it. But I've been honored uh, to do these things. If they're nice enough to ask me, then, of course, I'm, I'm going to accept because there's such an honor. Somebody told me today, I was at the Texans OTA, said, you've won everything but an Oscar. I said, that's next. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of that, it, yeah, I guess it could be next. You're back in theaters tonight in the Nolan Ryan film. Yeah, the Nolan Ryan film's gone nationwide tonight, one day only. 7 o'clock Central, it's all over Houston uh, chasing Nolan, which I was honored to be 
part of. And uh, I've always thought of Nolan Ryan such a fascinating character. You know, he he was on a staff with Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, Nolan Ryan when the Mets were on the verge of becoming the Miracle Mets in 69 and then in the worst trades in history. The Mets sent him to the Angels for shortstop Jim Fergosi. He was a good player then, but nobody ever had any idea Nolan Ryan would be able to get the ball over the plate, become the greatest power pitcher in history with the most strikeouts, the most no-hitters. And you guys realize he never won a Cy Young Award. It's crazy. And the, the, the durability, I mean, and the mentality. He doesn't like talking uh, all that much with the media, but, man, he, he doesn't mind discussing the toughness and the mentality that he brought uh, and the, the expectation that he had to meet for his own sake in his own mind. Have you seen it, John? How much are you in it? Do you know? Yeah, I've seen it. They uh, sent me a copy. I was not able to attend one of the screenings there because uh, I couldn't get away from commitments, and they made South by Southwest a film festival in Austin, which is second biggest in the country, and uh, got a great response. Nolan's done a few interviews tonight at one of our theaters. He's doing a live Q&A afterward. They have others that he already recorded after the South by Southwest premiere and what and i am i was fortunate i was stunned when they actually used some of the things i said and it was an honor to be included especially something about baseball but i've been a astros fan since their first game in 1962 and a baseball fan since 1960 they used to put the yankees on all over the country and like so many i fell in love with mickey mantle and roger maris and so I uh, I was honored, and I followed Nolan's career closely from the Mets to the Angels. And when he signed here, my goodness, it was a big deal. First million-dollar player. And then when the owner, John J. McMullen from New Jersey, nobody liked him anyway, he let him get away to the Rangers of all teams. That man was vilified like no other owner in the history of Houston. And then Nolan threw a couple more no hitters and and uh, it's amazing. He never struck. He never struck out twenty hitters in a game, and he never won a Cy Young award. And people are always surprised about that when you think about what an incredible power pitcher he was. And one of the things that I was impressed with every time he pitched, and if he was pulled, he was insulted. That he would he would ice up his arm and his shoulder, and he would get on a stationary bike in the locker room and he would ride that thing like crazy because he always told pitcher to people the pit the power came from his butt and his legs and that's why he worked so hard to build them up john mcclain with us you can follow him on twitter at mcclain underscore on underscore nfl yesterday john uh, jared bell with the uh, report from usa today about dan snyder and a, an anonymous owner saying that they were discussing amongst the ownership group, owners were discussing uh, what it might be like to get 24 of the, uh, of the uh, votes that would be necessary um, to force uh, Daniel Snyder out of ownership of the Washington Commanders. Meanwhile, Mark Maskey of the Washington Post today uh, says that uh, multiple owners have said they know nothing about this. 
And um, the quote is, if that's happening, no one has asked for my vote, one owner said. Another said, I don't think that's accurate, end quote. I take that to mean they don't want anyone snooping around their mess either, and that's why they don't want anything to do with this story. It would be a difficult thing to do. you got to get a three-quarters majority to vote him out. He would file multiple lawsuits. It could end up in court. Dirty laundry could be aired. You saw what happened with St. Louis. They gave St. Louis almost a billion dollars to walk away from that, to settle that lawsuit, because they didn't want to have to air their laundry uh, in, in public. And that would be in court. The NFL owners do not want to go to court. And even though Snyder is not one of the good old boys, he's not respected, he's not one of them, so to speak, you know he knows a lot of stuff that's going on in the league for these decades because he's in those league meetings. He's in those executive sessions, and he can tell a lot of tales. So I, they would love for him to sell, but you can't make a guy sell. Now, Jerry Richardson, he saw him before the posse caught up with him. There have been some other instances like that, but NFL owners have never tried to make some sale just because of what you said. Well, and that's the, the bad news headline for the NFL right now is what's going on with Daniel Snyder and his team and what the league could do. The good news headline, at least for fans, John, is that the NFL is considering doing away with the Pro Bowl. Uh, what do you make of this story about the Pro Bowl possibly being uh, a bygone? Chad, like I got a soft spot for the Pro Bowl because I went to Hawaii 14 years in a row wow. and one other time with the Chronicle paying my expenses for me and my wife, Carol. So I will always have that soft spot for the Pro Bowl. And it's a great week except for the game because the game's awful. And uh, I don't blame them, but they make money off of it. So they've got to find another way to make money because the owners don't like giving up revenue, as you guys know. If you say, okay, we're going to do away with the Pro Bowl, and you think about memorabilia, there's a lot of cool stuff sold at the Pro Bowl with hats and, and shirts and every other kind of memorabilia, and then the TV rights. So they're going to have to do something to make up the money. doesn't seem like it would be a big amount considering how little the game means, but it's amazing to me how many people still watch it. You know, I always said to let them, there used to be a lingerie ball, let them, let them play with the lingerie ball and let them do, you know, two hands anywhere. I, I was with John and Carol at the Pro Bowl two years in a row, and they introduced me to a coffee shop across the street from the hotel where we stayed that had these, <laughs> I've, I put on so much weight in these two weeks. I had this coffee cake that was like a – John, I don't know if you remember this. It was like a brick of coffee cake that oh, I remember. had every morning that I still crave. Every time I have a piece of coffee cake, I'm like, <laughs> why is this not the size of the coffee cake I had in Hawaii? All coffee cakes should be the size of that coffee cake. And they should also serve it in Indianapolis where the combine is going to stay in 2023 and 2024 – are you surprised the league decided to do that? And is it just to stall to allow Arlington to get its bid and SoFi to get its bid up to uh, the levels the NFL wants? The only people that want to move the combine away from Indianapolis would be the league and the owners because it would help them make money. 
And right now, no coach, no general manager, player, nobody wants to leave Indianapolis. It's because it's so convenient. You know, Paul, think about you. You're flying from Nashville. I mean, you're driving from Nashville to Indy. Then you'd have to fly to L.A. You'd have to fly to Dallas. It's inevitable that it's going to leave at some point. But they don't care what everybody thinks. They care about, you know, the almighty dollar. That's why it's the NFL. Now, at uh, L.A., they would have it right there in that complex with uh, the stadium, NFL Network across the street. They got the, the outdoor stadium that we see all the time, indoor. Now, what they have in Frisco, which is where the Cowboys facility would be, they would have it at the, they have uh, their outdoor practice fields. They have an indoor stadium that they use if it rains. And high schools play there on Friday nights during football season, and it seats about 15,000 people. It would be fine. There is a hospital connected. There is a hotel connected. There are restaurants. There are everything. And only people wouldn't like it would be those of us who would have to spend money on rental cars and hotels and drive a long way to get there, whereas in Indianapolis, we can just walk. John McClain with us. Coming up, a full discussion on quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, and much more. You can follow John on Twitter, same as us. You can search us, Outkick360. John is at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. We'll get into a potential Derrick Henry extension. At least there's talk of that through Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Nick Foles to Indy. we have George Kittle, who has discussed Travis Kelsey's contract and more. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Crew is all here, including John McClain, talking all the NFL headlines, plenty out there. Paul, there is a, a transcript, a portion of tonight's piece on uh, HBO Real Sports involving those uh, some of the 22 accusers in the civil case against Deshaun Watson well, yeah and the interview with Soledad O'Brien uh it's not good uh you wouldn't have expected it to be good but um same as the details last year yeah I, I mean I think the most telling thing out of this transcript is one of the women uh Kyla Hayes says um that that it basically says that she feels like uh, it was a it was a threat from um, from Deshaun Watson that that he said like I, I know you don't want anything to happen to your career I don't want anything to happen to my career either no this is Ashley Solis he said I know you have a career to protect and I know you don't want anyone messing with it just like I don't want anyone messing with mine she said to me that's when I got really scared. Soledad O'Brien, who's conducting these interviews, said, why? Solace, because that sounded like a threat to me. And that does, to me, sound like threatening language. 
Like, you wouldn't, I know you don't want anything to happen to your career. I don't want anything to happen to my career either. Well, and, John, I saw you retweeted uh, one of these stories. And while Deshaun Watson didn't go on record for this HBO piece, one of his attorneys did. And Soledad O'Brien asked a simple question. Why should people believe your one client over 22 women claiming the same thing? Which I thought was a very good question uh, to the attorney of, of, uh, of Deshaun Watts. I look forward to hearing his answer on that. What, what do you make of what's come out so far, John? First of all, none of this is new to us. It's in all the lawsuits. I've read those lawsuits three times, and, and I'm eager to see it, but it's going to be news because people around the country haven't read the lawsuits, and it's going to be big news in Cleveland. When Watson had his news conference up there, somebody asked him about the sheer numbers and why would they all be lying, and he didn't have any answer other than they were, and they are. And the fact that uh, Tony Busby allowed them to talk to HBO, now Rusty Harden, who represents Watson, he's been doing podcasts. He did interviews with Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, the main beat person for the Browns, because they're both back in the court of public opinion, trying to influence it, when really Roger Goodell and his investigator and the league office the only one that count. I'm still amazed, guys, that when – the Browns gave him a record $230 million guaranteed. They did not get it in writing that he would make sure these were settled by the start of camp because they don't want the distraction going on during training camp and regular season. And if they wait, say 22 went to court, they wouldn't do that in one season. They wouldn't do that in one year. It could drag out over two or three years, and it would always be hanging over his head. But what's interesting is uh, – some of those allegations in the lawsuits are just unbelievable, and a lot of people say that. Why would all 22 women from three or four states tell a similar tale? Well, Watson's side would say they'd been coached by Tony Busby. Well, it wasn't like they were friends. It wasn't like they they were at the same uh, uh, place in a strip shopping center working out of there. Uh, they didn't know each other, and so that's why it's so intriguing. And as we get closer to the start of the training camp and Watson getting back on the football field, it's going to get more notoriety. Yeah, and John, I, I think also it's important to note this. The NFL sat back and did nothing after reading the same lawsuits that you read and the details there that were out at this time last year prior to the start of last season that will be in detailed uh, from the same accusers uh, tonight on HBO Real Sports. They did nothing because the Houston Texans didn't want to play him. The Cleveland Browns do, and there will be a same uproar that comes out of this interview, having not even seen it, um, that we had last year around this same time as well. Uh, given that fact, how do you expect the NFL to act this go around compared to 12 months ago? And what does it say that they set back and did nothing 10 months ago with all this? Well, remember, Watson wanted to be traded, and he said he wasn't going to play. He told him he wasn't going to play, and he laid it all out for him what he would do. Now, because the rules have changed, and he was making $10.54 million, he wasn't going to lose $40,000 a day by not showing up. So he showed up first day of training camp. They wanted to trade him. They wanted to trade him by the November 2nd deadline. They couldn't take a chance that he got hurt in practice where he blew out his knee as a rookie in 2017 doing almost nothing. 
And so they worked out a way to do it, but he had to come to work every day. A lot of people wonder, well, why wasn't he on the commissioner's exempt list? Well, that would have been great for him. He got paid and he could have traveled the world, done anything he wanted. By not being on the exempt list and having to come to work every day was almost a punishment. And now if I talk about the circus it was last year when he showed up the night before the first practice when they were supposed to show up and what a circus it was the next day and the rest of camp, as long as the media was allowed, I can imagine it'll be 10 or 20 fold in Cleveland because number one, they want to play him and will play him because he got that record contract and you think we're getting closer to a suspension. I think the Browns need to know. They need to know who their quarterback's going to be and for how long. And that's why I think that uh, the investigator will make a recommendation. If she says, I do not recommend a suspension, he can't be suspended. But if she says, okay, I think a full season, then the appeal would go to Goodell or someone who would handle it for him. And then they could say, okay, it'll be a season or we'll reduce it to half a season. But I think it's going to happen sometime in August as we approach the start of regular season. It ends up punishing the Browns um, who, well, gave him a contract that is very beneficial to Deshaun Watson. And I mean, he still was paid $10.5 million last year. So the Texans were punished by not being able to trade him. They still paid him. And by not suspending him last year compared to this year, he's actually going to make $9 million off the suspension. Yep. And he got $27 million up front when he signed that uh, contract uh, before the 2020 season, the week before, when he was so happy he cried. John McClain with us. Russell Wilson, John, says the return to Seattle in week one is, has got to be non-emotional. I don't know for his sake um, how that's going to be possible given the environment, the atmosphere, and how in, endured he was to the, to the area and how much Seattle embraced him over the last decade. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. These players always say when they play their old teams, it's just another game. He was revered there. They'll do a tribute to him. The fans will give him a standing ovation. And you know, his stomach will be churning like crazy. And then when the game starts, he's got to make sure to get himself under control. But there's no way, unless you're a robot, returning to a city where you – went to two Super Bowls, won one, almost won another one. It cannot have an emotional impact. What a way to kick off the season. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they got it in early. It's a silly thing to say. He's, I mean, he's got blood flowing through his veins. Well, what he's saying is that if for him, he's got to try to make it not emotional. I don't, I don't know that he's saying that it's not going to be emotional at all. I think the point is for him to play at the level he wants, he wants to be unemotional about it. Uh, the, the comment I read didn't say, I'm going to have no emotion about it. It said, I need to make it an unemotional yeah. thing. Which, it, he said the return has got to be not yeah, got, which got, is impossible. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, that's what everyone would strive to do in that situation. But I, I agree it's impossible. John, it's also impossible for A.J. Brown to not tweet, uh, apparently, because he cancels uh, little kids' football camp the moment that he's traded and then later claims, and people are complaining about that, that, well, he's received threats in Nashville, so he doesn't feel safe going and doing the camp and, and puts a long post out uh, about that. What, what do you make of this with A.J. Brown? If he wanted to not go to the camp, just don't go to the camp 
and put another Titans player there. I don't understand why he would come back and say this stuff about, well, now I don't feel safe with Titans fans. And, oh, by the way, he's about to play in Philly. So your thoughts, John? Well, first of all, Chad Lag, you guys know him. I don't. But I'll tell you this, if he thinks he's getting threats now from the Titans, wait and see what he gets from the Eagles fans. If something happens and he doesn't play well or he drops a few passes or he turns out not to be worth $25 million a year or the offense is not as good as the fans anticipate that it will be, there is nothing like taking criticism from the Philadelphia Eagles fans who we all know booed Santa Claus. And so it seems like common sense could have worked that out. And uh, maybe you do it later when uh, things die down. And uh, But it looked like he was just using an excuse. Uh, NFL injuries are always a big deal. Up 50% on punts. Um, are, are we seeing the waning days of, of uh, punt returns? Remember that time they did that study about all the people got hurt on kickoff returns, so they did everything they could to legislate where you wouldn't get as many injuries, and they got it down, and it was not the same. And now punt returns, I'd like I'd like to see the list of how guys got hurt. Are they talking about the returner, the blockers, or are they talking about the guys charging down the field? But if indeed that becomes commonplace. They will legislate, and the next thing we know, they will have neutered the punt return as well. Specifically in ACL and soft tissue injuries. I don't know what, what guys, but uh, it would be interesting to see how you dull down punt returns. It's different than kickoffs, that's for sure. Well, John, if, if it's not concussions, are they going to dumb down any play that has more hamstring injuries? I think a lot of those hamstring injuries, I was talking to some former Oiler players last week at an event, and that's and they used to talk about how much they stretched all the time. They didn't lift as many weights because they didn't have sophisticated weights. They used to have like one barbell in the locker room and a few dumbbells, and players were not bulky and muscled up like they are now, but they ran a lot and they stretched a lot. And they think that guys have – they spend so much time in the weight room that their muscles are so tight, so they're going to they're gonna have more sprains and strains and pops. The, uh, Paul, the, you know, the kickoff is easier to you – know, kickoff yeah, is right. a bit easier. It's the beginning of a know, series. A punt, a punt is in the flow of play. That kind of. play. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you're already in cro- close quarters anyway, and that what they don't want are the collisions as much as anything else. Um, and I, I, 50% up can all, I, I don't know, was it a record low injury last year on punts? And now it's kind of evened itself out. Like, um, I, my guess is the NFL didn't release this information. Uh, yeah, Alan Did Sills, really? Alan Sills, uh, Kevin Seifert, my colleague, my old colleague at ESPN has a huge piece on it. So we'll wow. delve more they, into they, it this week. This is the first I've heard of injuries being up in the NFL admitting to it. Usually they're putting out the, the good news. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, John, um, we also know, I, I, I think the three of us here agree it's good news that we're going to see the Arizona Cardinals on hard knocks during the regular season for the storylines that will be out there. The last in-season firing we saw live, well, not live, but on tape on hard knocks was Jeff Fisher with the Los Angeles Rams. He was fired during that show. Cliff Kingsbury is clearly on the hot seat in, in Arizona. 
Meanwhile, uh, Kyler Murray wants the extension, and he's likely not going to get it until he proves more. He's not at OTAs. Uh, this is uh, plenty of storylines that they don't have to manufacture during the regular season. DeAndre Hopkins is missing six yeah. games because of substance yeah. abuse policy. And Kyler Murray didn't go to many OTAs last year. He likes to stay in Dallas. He works out there where he's from. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, he's the reason that Murray is there. He doesn't have anything to do with signing him $40 million a year, which he's not worth right now. I don't, I don't blame him trying to get it. Why not try to get it? If you can't get it, come back, keep your mouth shut, play your butt off, and then demand $45 million a year. But because they got a lot going on on and off the field, it's going to be very interesting. I would rather see them in the training camp hard knocks while they may have a lot of controversy because when the season comes, then Murray will be there and it won't be as big a deal. The big deal, of course, will be Hopkins. And J.J. Watt, who got hurt and missed half of last season, he's always a great guy to focus on. So you know they'll be spending a lot of time watching Watt because he knows how to give them what they want. Speaking of the training camp hard knocks, John, am I crazy to be actually excited about the Detroit Lions yes. being a part of this and wanting to watch a perennial loser uh, with an animated head coach in their training camp? This is the first hard knocks I've actually been excited to watch in a while, and I keep asking the question, am I crazy? Maybe I am. What, what do you think? Well, I think you were crazy a long time ago, and it had nothing to do with hard knocks. <laughs> Very I true. think this, I've seen every hard knocks there's been because I've always been fascinated by it because it takes us places. I can't go. You guys can't go. And when it was here in Houston, I always worried about them getting scoops that I don't get. And there was only one thing they had that I wish I had, but it was still a, a, a look behind the scenes. And I like that. And I think Dan Campbell's going to be the star. That's his personality. I know Peter King yesterday picked them to be the 20th best team in the league, the Chargers to be second. And of all the things I saw Peter in his ranking, I, I would be pretty sure the Lions with Jared Goff are not going to be the 20th <laughs> best team after being the second worst last season. But I do think they'll be fascinating. And because we know so little about them, there will be some personalities that we don't know about that will we'll be fascinated with them. Prediction, Chad will not watch the third episode like he didn't last well, year. Well, it won't be because of the lack of interest in the team as much as the edit. It's going to be the edit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I want to find the team, John, that would legitimately just say, you know what, we got nothing to hide here, but we're not, we're not breaking state secrets here. It's football. We're the no big deal. <laughs> Come in and shoot whatever the hell you want and air all of it. We don't care. If the Detroit Lions are going to be that team, then I applaud them, and I will watch every second of every episode. I think um, – I believe that – Rex Ryan was one of the most interesting coaches on there. Yes. And Dan Campbell will be as interesting as Rex Ryan. Now let's go get a GD snack. Maybe the most least interesting coach, John, that I can remember on there was Joe Philbin of the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, if, I, if I had to rank oh, the best goodness. coach to the worst, He's it would be, bore. I agree with you with Rex Ryan. Uh, I think Dan Campbell will be up there. Uh, Joe Philbin was the one that I remember watching and thinking, man, this guy is putting me to sleep. Good show to go Thank, to bed to. And I don't play in the NFL. Thank God I don't play for the Miami Dolphins. I, I agree there. with you 100%. And if anybody knows anything about going to sleep, it's me. <laughs> As you illustrated during our show. John, um, 
uh, Derrick Henry, two years left on a contract here in Nashville, coming off injury. Uh, we went into a deep dive on this discussion yesterday, and the report, it, it was a note uh, from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN for their subscription-based uh, portion of their site, um, mentioned as a wild card player to watch for a contract extension before the regular season, Derrick Henry at the top of his list. It was not a list in alphabetical order, and he put Henry number one. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on how surprised you'd be to see with a, a running back with two years left in contract number two in this league get a contract extension. And a, con and a, a running back coming off a major injury right. and a running back who's going to be toting the mail a lot again. I'm sure he would like to have one, but I think I'd wait another year before I did something like that, and I don't think he's going to break the bank with his next contract. They've taken good care of him. He's taken great care of them, but I'd be real surprised if it's done before this season. Um, George Kittle doing some work for Travis Kelsey, not that Kelsey needs it, but made the comment recently as they're preparing for tight end you, which takes place here in Nashville, uh, their offseason training regiment, um, that Kelsey, when you compare his money to wide receivers across the league, it's, it's ridiculous. Of course, George Kittle is uh, setting himself up for a, a great payday as well. Um, maybe Kelsey will give him part of the signing bonus. Well, he needs Kelsey to go out there and get the big bucks so that can be his benchmark. But those two guys are fantastic, and if you think about it, they're not true tight ends that line up on the line of scrimmage and block people. They run routes. They line up outside. They line up in the slot. You'll see them going in motion, and to me, that's more of a wide receiver, and they deserve to be paid like wide receivers. If you don't believe it, just ask their quarterbacks. John, um, uh, just a hypothetical for you, and I'm, I'm just reading between the lines here because over the last three or four weeks – and we actually, we, we got into this a little bit last week. Ben Roethlisberger and the, the sentiment behind the scenes last year in his final season with the Steelers. And, and now the comments from him where he says, my coach and GM didn't want me back. They don't want me back. Is this a player that come week nine would rejoin a team somewhere? I don't think he might want to come back, but based on the way he played last year, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think the Steelers are ready to play Kenny Pickett. I think maybe in other teams, I, you can't ever say never, but I just don't see Roethlisberger coming back and playing with another team. It's just got the, the diminished skill set doesn't leave like the same. Yeah, but yeah, you know what I, I think it is? I opportunity. think it's May. Yeah. And it, we didn't hear about this in December and January. Yeah, he feels fine. Yeah. And, he, he's, and, and by the time October rolls around, he's going to feel excellent, the best he's ever felt. Right. But and, his arm isn't strong. You know what I well, mean? Well, neither was Drew Brees, but the New Orleans Saints called him too. Yeah, well, they were really um, down. They were down. They were desperate. Yeah. There will always be a desperate team. The, the Detroit Lions have Jared Goff at quarterback. There, there will always be a desperate team. And I'm, I'm not rooting for Roethlisberger to do it because we knew he was done. Um, but there was no sentiment like this publicly until right now. And I just I find the, the May comments interesting compared to where we were in January. Um, and I, I wonder if a team, you know, beats around the bush a little bit and says, hey, let's – 
let's see if he's interested in just coming in and finishing the season. I, I think he ought to be grateful to the Steelers who kept him no, a year too long. I agree with that too. Uh, he wouldn't go with a bad team because the bad teams know that if they're bad, they got a shot at getting a quarterback prospect and what's shaping up as a great quarterback draft. It might be more likely a team thinks it can make the playoffs, but I'd still be real surprised him or Breeze stick a fork in him. Plus, a bad team's more likely to have a bad line, and he's more likely to get beat up. And so he might be feeling great in October, but he came back and be feeling like hell in November. Well, I, I, throw, I throw in October. I mean, it could be you know December. I mean. yeah. right? you, could, you could go into week 17 of, uh, and, and have a guy go down, and you have a playoff push coming up, and you're trying to figure out if you can just win four games. <laughs> you know, I, again, like I, I, I just love the, the idea of him just kind of like getting his arm loose. That's, like, that's the whole training camp. Routine, someone picks him up, but it's like I just got a – like an old dad, you know, okay, let's get out in the yard, also, kids. a lot of guys – get that shoulder loose, and he's out there ready to go. More and more guys – He probably are, could do it, though, More honestly. and more guys are good at getting skinny as they leave the league, but I picture Ben as going through a fat stage first. <laughs> well, that'll that be – that, I mean, that, that will be the sign. Ben if the bear. See, if we see him publicly and he weighs another bill – uh, then we know he's officially Look, retired. If I had to put my money on it, I'd say that it's not going to be a phase. <laughs> I think he's just going to get <laughs> – it's going to be that way and he's going to stay yeah. that way. Like if I'm, if I'm, I was if being I'm, polite. If I were going to be a gambling man, I was going to take money on who's going to gain a lot of weight <laughs> post-career and keep it on Ben Roethlisberger. I'm putting money on that happening. You know me, Chad. I was being polite. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, very, very polite. you're very polite to the fact. <laughs> We've seen that over the years. Uh, John, um, I'm curious, in terms of your – Anticipation for a summer blockbuster outside of uh, the the film facing facing Nolan, Nolan uh, which debuts uh, tonight. Uh, where is Top Gun rank on your list as a movie aficionado? It seems like it's supposed to have been out three years ago, and it kept yeah. getting delayed. And I'll see it. I've read some stories and reviews about it. It's been very positive. The way they handle it got a lot of the same music, so I'm looking forward to it. John, do you watch the show on NBC, This Is Us? My wife does. I do not. Okay. It, it concludes tonight, the series finale, and I'm, I'm a big fan of that show. So John, I was I've been reminded of that. Besides me. I've been John, reminded. did you know that um, I was reading a story at ESPN about Tom Cruise's running in movies. Tom Cruise is running in 46 of his 54 films. Um, and, Why is this a And surprise? he has been clocked at over 15 miles per hour in one of his Mission Impossible movies. So Tom Cruise is the fastest actor in Hollywood history, at least on film, Who's in a movie. Well, they, He's they, a little they had guy five, in great shape. Yeah, they, they, had, so they said right around the movie Collateral in the early 2000s, Jackie Joyner-Kersey broke down his running form, and you could see he was working with a professional because the hands started going flat around that time, and he looked like someone taught him to run like a track star about that point in his career. Tom Cruise claims he can run 17 miles per hour because he's typically running in suits and dress shoes in the movies, and he's not running in athletic gear. So he's running more than any actor? So like, that he, is, the best. he has been pictured sprinting in 46 of his 54 movies. That doesn't surprise me because he's an action guy. Yeah. But I want to know who's second and oh, what I mean, their I, number is uh, to 17. the first guy that comes to mind is Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan would crush him, even at this age. Like I, I would in a take, sprint? Uh, in a, you're just running down a runway? I would take Jackie Chan. I would take – I'm trying to think of the other guys that would be in that same ilk, like any of those action film guys. 
Daniel um, Craig. And, and no, I wouldn't put Daniel Craig. Daniel and, Craig was a good, look, um, good, good runner. In I think James I would take Bond. Cruz. I think I would take Cruz, John. But I, I, I don't doubt that he's uh, very fast. I'm looking for a longer strider but, because he's so short. So uh, who's a longer strider actor? Well, they looked at um, – so they actually timed out four other different famous running scenes. Tom, Tom uh, Hanks and Forrest Gump when he sprints, when he's running across America at one point to get away from someone, and he's running it for Alabama. Uh, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky II running on the beach Steps. with Apollo Creed. Okay. Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark running from the giant ball Balder. behind him. And some, some actor, young actor in Get Out – that's sprinting from a car. And Tom Cruise was the fastest of those actors. Was the second fastest closer? The Close? second, second fastest was the actor in Get Out. The next was Harrison Ford. Fourth was Tom Hanks. And Sylvester Stallone was last, was the slowest of the actors. So there you go. You drew first blood. John, thank you as always. And uh, congratulations again on the, uh, the epic weekend and we will be building up to your first pitch for the Houston Astros next month. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it as always, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you. Thanks, John. John McClain. I'm picturing Carol with the catcher's mask and uh, uh, chest protector out there. Getting, getting him ready. With the glove, catching his fastball. By the way, I have the nine movies that Tom Cruise has not run in. <laughs> that only, there's only nine that he's not seen running in. Um, which is pretty funny. I'm surprised there are that many. No, nine of his 54. Well, love, one, one of them is the original Top Gun. Tom he doesn't run in the original Top Gun. Never seen run. He's playing volleyball. In it, so but drop, he doesn't run in Tropic Thunder. He's apparently, it starts by saying he is seen running twice in Top Gun Maverick. So the, there's studies on Tom Cruise running in a movie, and there's apparently some YouTube video that has a mashup of every time he's sprinting and the evolution of Tom Cruise running on film throughout his career. And where can we read this piece? To the ESPN. Uh, I would love a manufactured chaotic fight uh, with Chad and someone else. I'll, I'll explain. Okay. And uh, Justin Thomas made Birthday a, present for Justin you. Justin Thomas, uh, he... He fired off at Jimbo Fisher. Of course, JT is uh, Alabama true and true. Jeez. We got that for you next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chad's going for his first coaching title tonight. And I would... In I my would, first season as head coach. I know, yeah. Trying to be one for one. Yeah. I would love, <laughs> love, 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 if the head coach of the Red Sox softball yeah. team mm -hmm. and the head coach of the Rockies softball team had a spat anywhere nearly as epic where tomorrow he needs the press conference to come in and say, you know what, um, I wish the Rockies coach would, you know, use a 24-hour rule uh, and, you know, let, say, let bygones be got bygones, uh, like Justin Thomas joked with, uh, with reporters about uh, Jimbo Fisher. How, how amazing would it be if they had the, the softball rip the same way? 
Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, I, I promise that I would not ever take it that far uh, with another coach, regardless of how ridiculous the coach oh, okay. would be behaving. At least I would hope not. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I re- understand your position, but it yeah. doesn't mean that the, the other coach can't take it the, uh, the opposite way. Well, look, frustration can make you do crazy things, right? Like if you're losing badly, <laughs> you've you got to expect some frustration <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. And no. I, tell, I tell my coaches all the time, like, here, here it comes. We're up 11 runs. <laughs> you know, like, we're going to start getting some – like, just don't worry about it. Just, okay, fine. We're the team that's way ahead. Here it comes, ladies. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, ladies, up, we're up 11. Here we ladies, up. you're going to catch a lot of hell because of your coach <laughs> and what we're going to do to Because of teams. your dominance. Yes, because thought- of your dominance in this league this season, you're going to catch a lot of hell. Justin Thomas's thing was forced and not funny. Oh, it was hilarious. I didn't think it was funny. I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to win something first before he figures out his rules. I mean, that's, that's, that's epic. That's not funny. Well, he, he's won a national title. <laughs> that's the only complaint I'll have about it. Like, we can't pretend that Jimbo Fisher hasn't won anything. He won a national title at Florida State. Now, I guess what he's saying is you beat Alabama in the regular season, but you haven't won a national title yet at your current school that he hasn't been at that long. But, look, I would understand it's if it was – out of nowhere. He's asked an Alabama question and he steers – Well, if he was talking about Lane Kiffin, it'd be funnier because Lane Kiffin hasn't won anything as a head coach. Jimbo Fisher has won it all. Well, what, he's, what he's referring to, though, is the, the, the supposed dominance of Texas A&M dominating recruiting and them being defensive. Like, we haven't bought anything. We haven't bought a title. Well, also – You haven't won one. Nick there. Saban's right. hardly the only guy with a 24-hour rule, and he didn't invent it. Oh, look at Paul defending a man named Jimbo. <laughs> I, I just didn't think it was funny at all. Coming up, we get into the headlines of the day, and it includes Josh Donaldson, who's appealing his suspension of Major League Baseball. That and more straight ahead on Outkick 360.